Hello and welcome to livealittlehigher.com. We continue learning Perkyavot Ethics of the Fathers with the chapter 3 Mishnah 17, which in which Rabbi Akiva says mockery, jest, and levity, levity accustom a person to immorality. The Masoras is a protective fence for the Torah. Thighs are a protective fence for wealth. Vows are protective fence for abstinence. A protective fence for wisdom is silence. So I always say that uh, Hashem runs the world because we're beginning this Mishnah with Rabbi Akiva. And Rabbi Akiva was one of our most beloved sages from the times of the Second Temple of the Sanhedrin. And Rabbi Akiva uh, has a very interesting story. He was a shepherd, he was an unlearned shepherd, and he even was complete uh, apicorus. He went completely against the Torah. He hated the rabbis. Like he used to say, like, if I see a rabbi, I want to bite him off. Like it was a real uh, rejection towards a Torah life. And he married this beautiful woman, very rich woman. Her name was Rahel. And her father disowned her, and she lived in ab absolute poverty her whole life because she saw the potential in Rabbi Akiva, and she was the one that empowered him to become Rabbi Akiva. It's more, it says that uh, 24 years later, when, she, when he came back from learning in the yeshiva, he, he said that all the Torah that he had learned, he already had amassed thousands of students, all the Torah he had learned came from her, from her uh, uh, self-sacrifice for him. So the, the Talmud also tells us a story that until the age of 40 years old, he, he was completely uh, ignorant about Torah. He didn't even know the Aleph Bet. He had to go and learn it with the little kids in the heather. But it says that he was uh, looking at a, at a rock and he was seeing how that rock had a, a hole in the middle. And he realized that there was a drop of water that was constantly falling on, on top of that rock. And that, that rock, it had taken it so many years to open that hole. But if a rock that is so hard was able to have a hole inside uh, created by the water, if he would go and learn Torah every day, every day, every day, maybe he would become like that rock that could open a space for Hashem. And he did it. And he did it. He was an amazing rabbi. And we have a lot of teachings from him that we live by. And this Mishnah... It's really talking about the protective fences that safeguard us from falling into, into sin, into folly. And so he warns us to restrain from loose, unbridled behavior when in mixed company. He's the one that's telling us when you're between men and women, you have to really have an ethic. You have to really behave in a certain way because it's very easy to fall into illicit relationships and, and, and end up doing things that you shouldn't be doing. So that's why the rabbis of that time brought all these laws of separate dancing in the weddings where men dance on one side, the women dance on another side. Sometimes for a person that comes from the outside world, looks at this and thinks this is crazy. How can they not control themselves? And then you see also that there's a, a, a law of Shomer Nagia where women and men don't touch. The only person you touch really is your husband and your children. That's it. You know, 
if you don't touch something that is not yours, maybe you won't fall into things you shouldn't be falling. Maybe if you're touching something that is not yours, you can end up uh, getting into trouble. And then also we see the loss of yihus. Yihus means that a man should not be in a room alone with a girl if they're not married because you, we see it today in the news every day, sexual harassment, women are coming out that they were sexually harassed and raped in their workplace because they didn't keep these laws of yihus where they don't seclude themselves alone in, a, in an office with a man. It brings trouble, it, it really brings trouble. So this Rabbi Akiva understood thousands of years before. Imagine, it was happening then too. So the, a person does not sin unless a spirit of folly enters him, uh, says the Talmud. Like really to be able to sin, to fall, you have to allow the spirit of folly to enter you. So when you put fences around your life and you take care of this and you are not mingling with married men when you're a married woman or with non-married men, you're not mingling with men at all, then you won't end up doing things that you shouldn't be doing. So here we see that also the Masores, when it says the Masores <clears throat> is a protective fence for the Torah, it's talking about the oral Torah. It's telling us that when a person learns Torah and he keeps the words of the Torah true to himself, this will protect him. And that thighs are protective fence for wealth. You know, Hashem gave us this, uh, this command that we have to give the tenth of, of, of our wealth to him. And we, we, when we give our money to God, then a blessing flows from God to our wealth. What it means is that money has an energy. And Hashem gives us 90% of what he gives us is ours. But there's 10% that is not ours, it's his. And we have to safeguard it for him and know very well where we give it to. It's not that you're just giving just like that. You have to really give to his causes, to Jewish schools, to yeshivas, to poor people, to sick people. You have to see to your synagogue, your community. This is where it has to, to be given to. So these maser, these, these ties, are what opens the, the blessing for you to receive your sustenance. And then it says, Vows are protective fence for abstinence. What it means is this refers to a vow to perform good deeds. Uh, when a person says, uh, you know what, I am gonna say blessings every morning. Because we should never promise. We should always say, uh, God willing, without a promise, I say that every morning I'm gonna say the morning blessings. So this is something that will empower you, it will give you the strength to be able to say the morning blessings. Because if you don't make these vows, uh, without uh, promising really, but saying them, then it's very hard to move you. It's very hard to do things. So then it says a protective fence for wisdom is silence. And he says here, as he, we explained, wisdom is not an intrinsic part of us. Uh, but it's acquired and can be lost. So wisdom is something that we, 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 we acquire. It's something that we work to achieve. Like a person that's 80 years old and has had a whole life of experiences has much more wisdom than a 13-year-old kid. You can't compare because this person has been there, done that. You know, it's, it's someone that carries a wisdom. But what it says here, 
is that the faculty of speech is um, is somewhat physical, which is the opposite of intellectual. And since opposites cannot exist simultaneously, one must suspend conceptual activity in order to talk. Hence, silence strengthens the intellect by enabling to act effectively. So it's not so much what you say, it's more what you do. It's the example you set for others. Like there's people who are blah, 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 all day talking, talking, you should be like this, you should do this, you should la, 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 It even gets you dizzy, but you look at them and they're not doing it. But other people, they're not so vocal, they're more quiet, but their actions say more than a thousand words. So I leave you here and remember, live a little higher. Thank you.